And the fact is this, boys. There's three sides to every story. There's my side, your side, and the truth. Hello, welcome to The Curb Podcast. My name is Andrew F. Pierce, and this podcast is all about Australian films and culture. It is recorded in Bulu, Perth, Western Australia. Sovereignty never ceded. Radea Jegatheva is a Perth-based filmmaker, and his work includes the award-winning short film Pacing the Pool about Perth local Richard Pace, and also The Quiet, an animated film about an astronaut contemplating existence. His latest short animated film, Bird Drone, is a collaboration with writer Claire Turnan and producer Hannah Nyo. It tells the story of a seagull who finds an unexpected connection with a human-operated drone. Presented in a strikingly painterly style, this animation features a wonderful use of natural sound design by Keith Thomas. In the following interview, Rodea talks about the collaborative processes of working with Claire and Hannah, what it means to work alongside his father, JJ, an accomplished performer in his own right, and what Rodea's interest in animation is. Bird Drone has screened at the Academy Award qualifying Warsaw International Film Festival and will screen at the upcoming Joy House Film Festival on 12th of November in Sydney. To find out more about the film, visit the link in the show notes and to listen to other interviews and read reviews, make sure to visit thecurb.com.au. For now, here is a slice of the trailer followed by the interview. So it's JJ, your dad, then? Yes, yeah, yeah. He's my, he's my dad. Ah, oh, cool, awesome. We've he's always kind of been involved in my previous films when I was just starting out. I would have him as like a narrator because I like like I just need need a voice, right? So I'd have him there, and I was like, I'll replace his voice eventually. But then people liked his voice, and so I was like, oh, okay. And then he kind of started to get more in- interested in like filmmaking and the acting side of and that and. So yeah, now he kind of like basically acts as like a producer of sorts and he's really good at like the film festival circuit and navigating that. So yeah, it's great that we're able to work together. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I've seen some of your previous shorts and and I did note there was this really nice calming voice. I think, I can't remember which one it was, but there was one of them at the first WA Made Film Festival and I remember that. And then Pacing the Pool, of course, I remember seeing him go up and accept an award for that a couple of years ago as well so there's always been this nice uh, support that he's given which is really lovely to see Uh, yeah definitely I'm very very lucky that you know he is so supportive of my passion although it wasn't always like like that before when I like finished high school and I was like you know wanting to get into film my parents like forbade me from doing an arts degree so I started out doing like, <laughs> the logical thing yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and then in my own time just like you know worked on you know what I was passionate about and then they, they started to kind of change their mind but yeah I'm glad it all worked out in the end <laughs> oh that's good yeah so am I because you've you've really created quite an impressive array of short films and I guess I want to start the conversation talking about that in the sense that your shorts of not all of them, but have mostly explored characters who are trying to seek a sense of place in their world. And I'm curious, with a bunch of short films under your belt, have you been able to find a sense of place in filmmaking world for yourself? Oh, well, firstly, yeah, thank you for your very kind words. And that's, yeah, that's a really great question. 
I think because my short films, you know, I'm just an emerging filmmaker and like there's so many different ideas that I have and themes and topics that I want to kind of cover. And there's like, especially animation, like my love for animation. What I love about it is there are so many different styles and so many different mm. ways that we're able to kind of, you know, project our ideas. And so I'm not sure if I've found my own kind of place as a filmmaker yet. And I think I'm still trying to discover that and just kind of re really experimenting with what I you know, really want to say and what I'm really passionate about. Yeah, just in terms of the ideas that I want to kind of express and what people, I want people to hear. I, I'm just I'm always excited about any kind of projects I'm working on and and just really wanting to kind of give it my all and then kind of do something completely different for the next one and just, and just see how it goes, you know. Animation, what draws you to that? Was there any particular animated film, whether it's Australian or international, that piqued your interest in the genre or the format rather? I think I've always loved watching animation just growing up and you know like studios like you know Studio Ghibli and Pixar like they really you know shaped me and so many people um, growing up but I actually like when I first started out I wanted to you know do like live action I didn't have any you know kind of crew or equipment or anything so I'd run around with my dad's MacBook Air using the webcam as my camera and I would create like awful movies and like iMovie. There was this show called Primeval. It was like this old, like yeah. kind of British. Yeah. I was like a huge dinosaur nerd, but it had like, yeah, the really amazing like CGI. And I was like really like drawn to that. And I was like, how are they able to kind of show the impossible? And so I started kind of getting in interested in, yeah, the CGI and VFX aspects of, of things. I would like watch VFX breakdowns and start to learn programs. And then once I had a grasp on those, I kind of realized that, you know, maybe animation was something that I could actually kind of feasibly do. And it was something that, you know, you could do independently or you could do as a group. And so, yeah, it kind of just became a way for me to be able to express my ideas in a visual format. And it kind of, yeah, naturally fell into place. I also love it just because, you know, that you aren't really limited by budget. Like, you know, if you want to create a film like set in, in space, you know, because you, there are so many different styles of animation, you can quite easily or feasibly replicate that. Whereas in live action, it would probably be a lot harder to um, to do. So I think that's also like the freedom of that aspect as well is what, what draws me to it. Yeah, I just love the versatility and you kind of really can get a sense of like style and tone across just from you know the way the the choice of of animation style or you know what how many frames you're using or like the, mm. the, you have more control over color and there's so many aspects of about it that i love yeah i mean that's the thing about it is that creative freedom i spoke to lachlan pendragon who did an ostrich the ostrich short film last year that got nominated for an Amazing. Oscar. And it's like, yeah. he did that all by himself. And it's like, the only limitation was just how much time he had and, and kind of the, the pressure of needing to do that for, I think he did it for a university uh, masters, basically of yeah. like presenting that and, and that's all by himself. And that's so amazing because of the creative ingenuity there. And, and I see that in your shorts as well, as you're talking about like, having the ability to go to space. It's the only thing that's limiting you is the, you know, maybe the processing of what your computer can do. And I'm curious if you can talk about what that means for you as a creative person, having that kind of unlimited capacity, because Australian animation, we don't really, we haven't really kind of done very many animated films 
for a long time there was this real drought of animated films and notice over the past five six years that we're starting to see a lot more animated shorts which is wonderful because the possibility is endless. So I'm curious if you can talk about that endless possibility for you as an animator. What's that like? Yeah. Well, first I want to say as well, Legend with like Lachlan's film, it was incredible, like so genius. And mm. like, yeah, seeing Australian animated content like that and, you know, reaching like so many places is just like so inspiring and so like lovely to see. And yeah, I think part of having, you know, this the kind of endless like pop, possibility and it makes everything just feel so much more open makes everything feel so much more possible um and i feel like as independent filmmakers you know sometimes just like you think oh well you know i want to make this film and like i'll need to apply for funding and I, or i'll need to do this and that and it's like you know sometimes when you apply for things you know you, you might not be successful and there's like it kind of feels like there's maybe a barrier there but what i love about you know, animation and independent animation as well is there's that there is that freedom to be able to do what you want and to yeah kind of work within your own means and, and at your kind of pace and yeah it's just a very freeing kind of feeling and that's what I really love about it and I really hope to continue to kind of make independent shorts as you know for a foreseeable future I think it's this, such a great way to get your ideas out there in like you know generally kind of feasible time frame, but also to kind of have it in like a digestible format that a lot of people are able to see and hopefully appreciate. And that's the thing is like short films, they used to be dismissed, but they're, they're I thinking, I think they're coming back in favor in a lot of ways, which is really, really great because as you're saying, they're digestible, they're small and, and they're easy to kind of, you spend five, 10 minutes, sometimes 20, 25 minutes with a character, with a story, and you feel that emotional art come through there which is part of the reason why I'm leading into these questions is because there's something that's so unique about the story of Bird Drone, which is you can't replicate that in a live action film. Certainly you'd need a heck of a lot of money to be able to do that, to have the relationship of a, a drone and a seagull together. That's just not possible. And so it's brought to life in this beautiful way through animation and I'm curious if you can talk about working with Claire on the script and how that process started. Claire and Hannah approached me a few years ago back in 2019 I got an email from Hannah and she just sent through like at, the, at that point Bird Drone was like this kind of one paragraph kind of treatment so Claire like several years back she was at um yeah local WA beach and she saw a drone flying in the sky and and some seagulls and that's just the idea kind of came to her like what if what if a bird fell in love with a drone and when I saw that immediately I fell in love with it and I was like yeah I really want to kind of see where we can take this and where where it goes and also because it just naturally lends itself to animation like you said the idea of you know the natural and the unnatural coming together I thought you know 2D and 3D animation like a mixture of that was kind of perfectly reflect you know the themes and, and what's going on and so yeah I, we started to get really excited about it and we started talking about next steps um applying for funding and yeah thankfully we're very grateful that we were able to get the elevate plus funding and then that gave us the opportunity to you know work on the script and, and flesh it out further um so we 
got in contact with Bradley Slave, this incredible Australian like writer, filmmaker. He's an, a legend. Um, and he came on board as our script editor. And so Claire, Bradley and I would be on like Zoom sessions, like early 2020, and just kind of talking it out and discussing it. And um, then Claire would go away and, and write it out. And we kind of, yeah, went through several drafts until we got to a you know, script that we were happy with. And yeah, actually the, the story itself did change quite a bit as as production went on and through like endless animatics because we were kind of still trying to find out exactly you know how it was going to end and what where the story was going to going to go and um yeah eventually we kind of found a, a spot that we were kind of happy with but yeah it took took a, a long while to get there but yeah very um grateful to be able to work with such yeah brilliant writers and, and a brilliant crew I, i'm curious for you then as well because it you present wa beach is so brilliantly on the screen like it is clearly a western australian beach i can tell the you know the skyline of Fremantle is kind of there in the background in some capacity <laughs> and i'm curious for you like as you, in between these discussions did you go down to the beach and spend time looking for that sign that kind of connection that you know a drone might have with the bird or just watching birds fly and stuff like that what was your experience with re-engaging with uh nature and wa with this story in mind Oh yeah, a brilliant question. It's like I yeah, I went down to the beach. I would like go and I'd study, you know, like the waves, but also mm-hmm. like just seagulls. This film, like this entire process, made me like fall in love with seagulls. Like every time I saw a seagull, like you know, in this even in the city, I would get so excited. I'd get my phone out and like start recording it. Like I just like became this like seagull obsessed freak, and like just watching them and and just like I just started to kind of I don't know I just love them now and I think it's interesting because they're like if you ask someone that you know what's the most like annoying bird like a lot of them would say seagulls um and it was like kind of just an interesting challenge as well just to kind of create this film that you know hopefully tries to make you feel sympathetic towards these these birds but yeah and then like I was at like Roto like a couple of years back and then I saw some like people flying drones as well and there were birds flying around and I was like wow okay like you know, I can really feel uh, the real world, you know, reflected in this film. Yeah, so it definitely kind of got me connected to nature and, and to the environment. And it was really great to have an excuse, really, to go and just to immerse myself in that and to hopefully kind of bring those elements into the film. But yes, I'm glad you noticed the, the Frio <laughs> skyline. And yeah, yeah, it's, um, you know, we just have this such amazing, incredible beaches and we're so blessed. So I was like, hope, yeah, I was hoping to, you know, really capture that beauty in in the film. I well, I think you did. And and that's the thing as well. Like for people who haven't seen it, the the poster gives a great idea of what the sense of the the skyline is and the sunset in particular, the color of it. And it's like I've seen countless sunsets that are, you know, go off uh down in Fremantle with that particular color. And it's like we're so lucky to get that look here. And you, you know, you match it perfectly. I'm curious if you can talk about how you actually made sure that the colors of the the sky were apt and correct and and matched up with what we actually get to see. A lot of it was like reference photos. Just like whenever I saw like, you know, beautiful sunset or even like, you know, lovely like clouds or skies or, you know, seagulls, I would just like record it and document it so that like later on when I was like, you know, trying to actually create this stylized version of reality i had something to kind of go off yeah we're just so lucky to just see these like beautiful like brilliant colors just in in the sky like you know so many evenings over here and and 
you know, the beautiful beach views. I feel like I kind of took it for granted until like I visited beaches in other countries and I was like, wow, we have it really good. And yeah, sunsets, everything about living in WA, just wanted to, to capture uh, capture that. And so, yeah, reference photos and those kind of having that bank really helped with, yeah, with reflecting with that. And as you're talking yeah. about like changing a perspective of, of a bird that everybody's kind of become familiar with. And, and I guess like, as you're mentioning, you know, people do get a little bit frustrated by seagulls. I love seagulls. I think they're really wonderful. They've got so much personality. They're a lot like ibises where they're misunderstood in some capacity. Oh. And because, you know, humans kind of push into their world, their personality becomes a nuisance. I'm curious if you can talk about changing an audience's perspective about a creature that has already had somebody's mind made up on it. I think part of that and going into it was, you know, Bird Drone, from the very beginning, we were so inspired by Pixar shorts and just how, like, you know, they explore so many universal qualities and human emotions through you know, non-human characters and they do it so well. They do it like wordlessly as well. And so we thought that was kind of the perfect opportunity to, you know, do our own Australian spin on that. And especially because unrequited love is such a human emotion and a human kind of feeling, we thought if we can really kind of portray that and portray the bittersweetness of that and they threw this, you know, this poor lonely bird, hopefully we can get audiences to, to connect with it. So yeah, it was really about, yeah, really trying to kind of pull those kind of strings and hopefully, yeah, make the audience feel something and, and go along with this journey, like rooting for this bird. And especially there's also the kind of tragedy when you listen to just the the log line where it's like you know this seagull falling in love with a drone because us as humans we know that you know oh that's kind of cute but at the same time we know that the drone would never be able to feel the same way and kind of yeah going along this bird's journey as he kind of realizes that and makes the the choice to move on yeah so just tapping into those kind of very human aspects really were like the was i think was the key to try and um help the viewer get on the side of the seagull. The voice of the seagull as well. I mean, voice in inverted commas. It's like we hear it's, it's you know, singing and all this kind of stuff and the way that it communicates. How did you go about making sure that that sounded like it did? Yeah, so, well, we had the, uh, like, privilege of working with Keith Thomas. He's an amazing sound designer. And, yeah, he went down to the local creek and recorded seagull sounds and, there's just, yeah, something, you know, so like you, you can get so much personality and character from just, you know, choosing different types of squawks or even like pictures of seagulls uh, in like the pitching stage. And I, I created this kind of document and just like, you know, took various photos of, of from seagulls of light and there's there's so much personality and character and they portray so much emotion just from, you know, the way that their, their neck is positioned or like, you know, if they're looking down or, and this, I think the squawks and, and the sounds that they make are the same, you know, usually we're used to hearing these are very like screechy kind of noises from them, but there's also so much you can kind of draw out from them and you put them in the right context with the right visual can really kind of change it to something, I don't know, quite endearing. It feels almost like you've animated a conversation that a seagull's had. So it's, you know, it's quite beautiful in that, in that sense that it is, yeah, it's, it's very endearing. Uh, I'm curious now that the film's starting to head out into the, the festival circuit, what's that process like for you as a filmmaker? How do you engage with the festival circuit from Perth, Western Australia? A lot of the kind of festival run, we is like basically the, the platforms that we use, like 
Film Freeway is like the main one, also Short Film Depot and um, Fest Home. And so, yeah, pretty much all of the film festivals, we kind of go through those kind of channels and and enter it. And yeah, I mean, my dad is credited now as like the, he's associate producer, but also festival manager. And so he's like really running that aspect of things. And, you know, it is a lot of work and we're really lucky that he is, yeah, on board. And just kind of, we're just, just starting out. We've had over, I think, 20 selections so far and hoping to to kind of, you know, hoping that it flies out more across the world and, and see where this um, little seagull from, from Perth goes. But yeah, it's always like such a reward to have your film, you know, selected and appreciated by um, audiences. I think part of it as well was when we were in the beginning stages of the film, making it wordless so that people from all around the world would be able to, you know, experience and enjoy it and hopefully, you know, transcend the barriers of language, which so now at this stage, when we're actually seeing that happen, it's really um, kind of coming full circle and we're really, yeah, really happy about that. Was there, was there any stage during the the process that you had had uh, like a, a voice or wording or anything like that or dialogue i think yeah we 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 there weren't really any yeah parts i think that we were like this needs to have dialogue there were there's like when it, i was making the animatic there were like a few like bits i recorded just on myself of like the boy when he's like picking up the 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 drone and um just like but weren't really you know very clear just kind of more like screams or like or just grunts and things like that i think in the beginning as well when in like the earlier animatics the seagull was a bit more i guess anthropomorph but is that the right word um yeah, anthropomorphized yeah. i can never say it properly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah just in terms of this like his you know wing movements and that kind of thing but then we kind of toned that down and changed it to be something more I guess, kind of more in line with what real Seagull would do to make it, you know, that connection feel more genuine. But no, yeah, it's always, I think it's, yeah, from the beginning, it's always been that kind of wordless sort of story. And that was also, yeah, part of the appeal. Talk as well about the actual animation style that you've got here, because it's not like there's this beautiful, almost watercolorish tone to it that that you can feel a painterly stroke there. But it's I know it's a digital film, but it's also it feels organic in some capacity. And I'm curious if you can talk about how you managed to get that organic feeling on the screen. Yeah. Oh, thank you. When we started out, I yeah I knew that I wanted it to be a mixture of two D and three D. I wasn't sure exactly how you know that would kind of you know, be in the final product. And I guess that's what I love about like 2.5D is that there's so many different ways that you can do it. But what I was really interested in was like, you know, looping painterly textures and, you know, having 3D models, but then just rendering them to look more, you know, organic and more traditional. And so it took a lot of experimenting and like trying to find that kind of workflow that suited it best. And in the end, it kind of became a mixture of, you know, me painting like digitally you know 2d elements and backgrounds and putting them within a 3d scene but also modeling and rigging 3d characters and then exporting that kind of information and the animation and then kind of yeah playing with a lot of a lot of different layers and inputs to try and you know taking away that kind of 3d aspect of it but even things as simple as like frame rate so for even the film is like 24 frames per second, but then the animation and a lot of the parts is like 12 frames per second to get a little bit more of that, you know, staggered kind of 
a tra traditional feeling. Yeah. So it's a lot, a lot of playing with those elements that we are are used to seeing in more traditional organic mediums and trying to bring that into the 3D aspects of it. Sounds like you you really have a clear understanding of how to marry the function and the form together to create the final thing. And the process, like you, you, your voice, you sound so excited about the process of creating the animated film. Like it's, it's more than just putting an image up on the screen. It's also understanding what a shot actually does, what the frame rate actually does, which is, is quite wonderful to hear. I don't get to interview too many animators and, and people who create animated films. So it's wonderful to be able to hear that kind of passion and enthusiasm for it. It's wonderful. Oh yeah. I mean, it's so rewarding as well when you can kind of just create something like you've had in your mind and just seeing, seeing it there. And like, it's just such an addicting feeling, but I actually like in the very beginning when we first got the funding, I wasn't expecting to animate it. Mm. Um, I like our plan was you know because we had a, a bit of, of money behind us and you know it was my first time kind of getting funding for an animated project. I thought an at like a studio was going to be able to kind of do the product actual production aspect of it, and I'll just you know be directing. Um, but then we kind of shopped around, and for a bunch of different reasons, we realized that we would have to go a different route. And, but I had actually never, you know, modeled 3D, like a read 3D characters and animated that. So that was completely new to me. And I was like so daunted and scared by that. Um, so the process of Birdrun really helped me learn so much. Like I learned more about how to use 3D programs. And it was just me, like not really knowing what I'm doing, but just trying to figure my way out through it. And yeah, it just became a really great learning process in so many ways like not only just the animation process but also being able to work with a crew our amazing producer hannah was like my rock basically through the entire process of course working with claire bradley sound designer keith thomas will hughes our composer was just a dream come true and also kate moon who was this incredible character designer and like she created the design of of sammy our seagull that i just fell in love with and then i kind of created the 3D model version of that and just went from there. And so, yeah, it was just really, really um, rewarding to work with such incredible people. Well, the, the proof yeah. is in the film. It's really wonderful. Uh, I'm excited to hear what the response is as it heads out around the world and gets screenings around the place. Cause it's, yeah, it, these kinds of films are, are lovely, both in a, there is a, a melancholy aspect to it, but there's also this sweet, beautiful, optimism to it at the end as well and it's all married together with a, a wonderful performance uh by you know the the actual seagulls themselves but also <laughs> you know all of those people that you've just mentioned there so a lot to be proud of congratulations thank you so so much and yeah we really appreciate your kind words and now that bird drone's finished it's because it's taken like so long i've already started working on my next project i just kind of wanted to get it out a bit a bit faster and and you know but it's a very different kind of very different film. It's a horror f fantasy short animation. Basically, it, imagine myself as a witch in a Baba Yaga style house. And I travel back in time to hunt down my younger self and steal my own brain. It's very abstract, but it's about kind of OCD and anxiety and kind of the state of your mental health as you, you know, get older in adulthood based on my own personal experiences. And yeah, we've already finished the kind of pre-production and the screenplays and the animatics and I've gotten stuck into production and hopefully that will be out early next year so 
yeah, we're looking forward to having that. I look yeah. forward to it. That that sounds really great. Um, let me know when it's up. I'd love to chat to you again about it for sure. <laughs> oh, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's called Trading Cards, and I would absolutely love to have a chat with you uh, when that's done. And yeah, thank you so much again for this opportunity. Oh, it's been really, really great. You're welcome. Yeah, it sounds like a completely different discussion that we'll have than than bird drone. <laughs> like it's completely, yeah. yeah, completely different. But it's great. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah, yeah, congratulations again. Uh, and to your dad as well for all the work that he's doing and in, in helping you get out there and uh, get your films out there and stuff like that as well. It's um, it's wonderful to see you both doing all that kind of stuff too. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. It was so, so amazing to be able to, to talk to you and thank you so much for this chat. Yeah.